Welcome to episode two of the Faith Disrupted podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the good, the bad and the ugly of working motherhood. This comes on the back of one of us becoming just a little bit famous this week. Um, But first, before we get started on that, let's have a chat about what we've been doing this week. I have read the uh, Amy Poehler kind of, I guess, biography. Yes, please. (gasps) Yes, please. Oh, my gosh. It's so I listened to it as an audiobook and oh, she reads it herself. That would be the best because she is so funny and like I did do some laugh out loud reading reading it, but I can imagine her reading it would be awesome. Yeah, that's great. It really was. Have you watched Parks and Rec? I love Parks and Recreation. The best. To yourself. <laughs> yeah, was just the best. And because she she had so many references, I just it was yeah. it was lovely. I loved it. Speaking of which in that she talks a bit about like being a woman in the workplace and just the way women get treated and like she talks about being hugged mm-hmm. by a male, um, I guess someone who'd employed her and she and her question was would, you know, would he have done that to a man? Nope, I don't think so. And she kind of goes like it never ends, it never ends. And it's like, yeah. Do you know that just side note, that reminds me of when I was a graduate in PR in the corporate world consulting <laughs> So I'm like 22, 23, and the guy in his 60s close to retirement comes up to me who works with me and rubs his hand. I'm sitting down at my computer. He rubs his hand on my head and then goes, ding, and with his index finger puts it on the tip of my nose. What the heck? In a weird grandfather affectionate kind of No, no. That's bad. That's bad. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot of that going down. I'm I'm pretty glad that I work with all women. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Amy Poehler thing's not boring. My mum sort of found it a bit flat, but she's never watched Parks mm. and Rec, so maybe you have to actually yeah. love Amy Poehler. I think I that definitely un- helped. Yes, I think that's true. There definitely were bits that I was like, this. Yeah, might not be like the greatest book I've ever read, but then there were some bits that yeah. I really, really enjoyed. And, yeah, I think her voice is very funny and, yeah. On a totally different note, you know what? I have not read a book in a very long time, which is just That's embarrassing. strange for you. It is weird for me, but I've been listening and watching a lot. I think maybe my yeah. brain is dead at the end of the night, so it's just easier. But I've really fallen in love with Krista Tippett, ah. who um, does the podcast On Being, and she has a I, very soothing voice. She is magnificent and she is, I think, hands down the best interviewer um, that I've heard hmm. in a very long time for, for the more conversational type um, pieces Yeah, where she's clearly done her research on the people she's chatting to and she's really, I think she kind of comes from a Christian faith audience conversation thing but she really does chat to people from any kind of walk of life um but her whole thing is civil conversations that's right so it's having conversations where you can think completely different things but the conversation stays civil who would have thought i know and that i think that maybe that's what i've actually found the most refreshing i think i discovered her around the time of i'm going to bring it up trump getting in (laughs) that's going to be my thing i'm going to say every episode i'm going to weave him in and i think i did and the reason i fell in love with her because she talked about how do we now bring the right and the left the clinton hillary clinton camp and the trump camp together to have conversations and it's going to take you need to give a lot of space for those conversations yes 
and allow time to value to get to know one another as a person first and not as an opinion first yeah and that's what she brings to each conversation and actually in light of that kind of political conversation I really enjoyed Glenn Beck uh, who she interviewed who I kind of knew the name vaguely so he is he was on Fox News and he had his own talk oh, show. Yes. Very I to that one. Yeah, okay, very conservative apparently, mm-hmm. like very opinionated and really just attacking the pro- progressives and tearing them to shreds in a very antagonistic way, you know, as you get on talkback kind mm-hmm. of, you know, you're yeah, Andrew yeah. Bolt Andrew but Bolt. extreme, I guess. Yeah. Um and he comes on her show and she's like a lot of my listeners are not going to like that you're on here. <laughs> but she um she draws out his basically his experience of realising he got a lot of stuff wrong mm, and he yeah. was a lot to blame for Trump being in and the, and more to point the wow. antagonism, across the divide that has happened in the country as a result mm. and that he had a part to play in that. And the humility and self-reflection I found really refreshing. Yeah. I just found that really yeah. helpful to see that someone can genuinely change and not that he had necessarily found a perfect way forward either because mm-hmm. she kind of called him on the fact he's still doing some of that in his new um, space where he's doing <laughs> conversations mm. but he yeah he was genuinely changed and it was just yeah I think it's really fascinating to see how people tick and what what has shaped them in their lives and and how they end up saying and doing what they do I think yeah. she draws that out beautifully so I highly recommend okay so that's a podcast yeah. it is yeah, yeah. beautiful Yep, on being with Christian, Krista Tippett. Mm-hmm. She also um, interviews Richard Raw, so another great uh, one. Love. <laughs> oh, Can we interview Richard yeah. Raw, please? <laughs> he'll be he'll be knocking down the sure. door. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. Episode three. <laughs> love it. How about you, Tam? Any um, um, oh, what have I been doing? I'm still I'm still just getting through my books. But I've been, I've been knitting. Oh, I want to go back like, to knitting. Yeah, granny skills for the win. Yes. Um, so I, I finished knitting a pair of socks. Oh, my um, nonna makes us wow. slippers. She's, yeah. I just knitted my and, whole family slippers. Oh There's just nothing. I'm just feeling really smug, to be honest, yeah. about wearing <laughs> socks that I've knitted. That's so awesome. So, <laughs> that's what I've been doing while I've been um, watching the rest of The Handmaid's Tale and, oh. you know, whatever else. <laughs> they go well together. Yeah. I've been knitting. Yeah, that's yeah, right. schooly. Yeah. On a side note, I've also, um, I've been doing a lot of shopping online. <laughs> Is this a confessional? Uh, nice work. Yeah. So I did. I um, can highly recommend Bohemian Traders online. Okay. Oh, They're based yes. in on the Central Coast, and I just got three dresses in the post, and they were marked down from like one hundred ninety, nearly two hundred dollars to forty dollars each, and they wow. are beautiful. Australian made. So unique. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Don't we have some kind of ethical kind of thing I or really am I thinking so. of something and else? Really, maybe we should look into that. Yeah, environmentally and socially responsible. Boom. There you go. I knew it all along. That's awesome. Okay, so now you can feel good about your online shopping. Excellent. Mm. Love it. Good one. So you've been a bit famous. In the last week or so, shall? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I'm getting recognised in the street. <laughs> Mamma mia! Yeah, so I 
Do you want me to explain what happened? Yes, please. Sure. So I went to, um, I was at World Vision with a number of people, obviously, <laughs> where I worked, <laughs> and three of the women there started a, um, I guess sort of like a little organisation movement blog type thing called Lumi. I highly recommend it, L-U-M-I. Lumi and they have a Facebook page and a blog and they run like little events for women to kind of connect and network and yeah I guess reflect reflect as well and feel supported mm. in what they're doing as mums and workers and whatever choices they're making to I guess be intentional in what they're doing right um yeah which is really cool and so one of the founders has just had a baby and so as she was going on to mat leave she sort of reached out to a few of us I'm sure a number of people, but a few of us from World Vision as well who are mums and wanted to do this series around raw motherhood. So what does it look like to be real and honest and vulnerable about uh, what motherhood is really like? Yeah, it kind of was interesting timing because I don't, I do writing kind of for a living, (laughs) you know, it's kind of my thing to um, be communicating often, but I've never, I can't really recall actually writing something so personal for Mm. um, quite some time so I actually saw it as an opportunity and I was pretty excited about it in a way to have I I work best when I have a task and when I am have a deadline yeah and I wrote about um, what Bruce and I have done in the last 12 months which was basically role swap so I um, became the full-time worker and Bruce became a stay-at-home dad full-time which really I had probably only ever been a full-time stay-at-home mum for not very long to be honest maybe three to five months with both children Mm. um, who are now six and three uh, because I tended to kind of go back to work in nap times I'd be doing consulting and getting back into things so even just the fact of having one of us full-time at home for a year was a big deal and Mm. as part of that we also decided to move from Melbourne to Sydney um, for the job that I took on uh, as the full-time thing. So what I decided to do was to actually just reflect on the decision-making process of which both of you were heavily involved <laughs> in and I just want to take a moment now to say thank you for listening to my uh, random <laughs> angst uh, that you know, kind of fluctuated. So what were the things you were anxious about in, in doing um, that process? Yeah, look, the things the things that stand out, there was a number of things, but the things that stood out to me most was I think the mummy guilt, right? Mm. So particularly the idea of the fear of missing out mm. as well. So it's kind of the guilt and regret for me were mixed in. So do I feel bad that my kids want me around and I'm not? Even though rationally I can go, they have a full-time parent around. Yeah. Like that's yeah. more than yeah. most, more than we ever had, yeah. I ever had growing up it feels like, or yeah. even they had when Bruce was working full-time and I was part-time, you know. Mm. But I still kind of thought, no, it's my responsibility, I think. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the regret that flows out of that of like, okay, well, am I going to actually go, crap, there's suddenly – 18 years old and I missed that time it does go so fast even mm. though in it it feels like every hour is as slow as can be slow. it is but yet yes it's true you know suddenly oh I've got one kid at school and the mm. other one is wow taller than some five-year-olds and he's only just turned three you know <laughs> you just go wow am I gonna get cuddles and kisses forever probably not oh. um and then the other big one for me was the comparison thing so yeah. I look around 
and it's a bit different now but no even so I genuinely can't even think of one hand on one hand how many people I know that Mm. that had chosen that yeah and how many people in a like a church faith kind of context negligible like I really yeah and not that it's not happening so the stat that came out from the Australian Bureau of Statistics was that only 4% of two-parent families have that scenario Mm. with the full-time working mum and the full-time stay-at-home dad so of course, in my world, there's not that many because yes. the percentage is so low to begin with. <laughs> yeah, and I had a lot of friends who are working, and some even working full time. But so is their husband. So yeah, just that actual dynamic that we had chosen was unusual. Yeah. So it just took me ages. I realized, like, I think that I am um, don't care about what people think, and that I'm, you know, totally independent, go getter woman. <laughs> but not <nah>, like. <laughs> I'm kind of also I think it was the same thing as when I was breastfeeding actually where the breastfeeding was not working with my mm. first child and I'm in that fog and I actually realized I had worked my brain into thinking that if I was to use formula that that would somehow change the way Charlie would look mm. and act wow which is so ridiculous Crazy. but in the same way that if I was not there being the one full-time or like at least part-time majority care uh, giver for the kids that they would turn out different Mm. and they will actually I actually think they probably will because they've had Bruce around and not me but that doesn't mean it's better or worse negative thing yeah that's right that's so true yeah yeah and did you get comments from other people because obviously with the breastfeeding thing for example everyone (laughs) not everyone but a certain type of person always has an opinion (laughs) did you get lots of opinions Look, people are pretty. Um, I think pretty people are pretty careful of what they say mm. overall. Um, but I, uh, but yeah, there's definitely comments as they're processing for themselves and mm. kind of like, wow, I could never do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. which is genuine. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough. Like, and yeah. I would say the same thing about being a stay at home, full time stay at home mum. Mm. I couldn't do that, so yeah. I, I'll say that, yeah. and that probably makes that person feel judged. Mm. So I'm really aware that. I don't think yeah. anyone's being antagonistic on purpose, yeah. but it does make you, again, it makes you question because you're like, whoa, so you're saying that. So what does that mean But for mm. that choice for me? Yeah. And and then I did have someone, this stuck with me, of kind of saying, oh, I wonder if I was in the same position, whether I would lose respect for my husband mm. if he chose to do that. And I thought I found that one almost the hardest because does that the mean most men are losing respect for women who stay at home? Well, that's that's another question to ask, isn't it? Like, just, yeah. Well, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. I was re- I'm reading um, Annabelle Crabbe's The Wife oh, Drought so as an aside. I, I I do struggle with nonfiction, but I'm attempting <laughs> to read it. And um, yeah, and that's exactly the bit that I was reading last okay. night. Was you know, if we're saying that it's a less respectful role, what are we saying about all these mums who do it? Oh, so true. <laughs> you know, what is lesser about staying yeah. home? It's you know, it is extraordinary. The, the that role and is extraordinarily challenging mm. my goodness I mean you were full-time at home for a while Tam so what was yeah your that's right what was your experience yeah absolutely I think um oh so so it was probably it was about eight years that yeah. I took off very extended maternity yeah, leave yeah. Uh, and in hindsight I really should have not taken that long oh, why really? is that I just think I'm not necessarily suited to the whole <laughs> st- staying at home and, and do, you know, doing the 
Oh, and no. it's hard. It's hard to have this You're conversation my, without saying my view of you. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, but I look. I'm the type of person. I, I did not stay home and just and just be at home. Like I, there was, you know what I'm like. There was there was always stuff that I was. I was just. I would learn random yeah. skills and you know teach myself stuff and do crazy mm. things and that was all to keep my mind yeah. going mm. because as much as it is you know one of the most important jobs mm. in the world it is repetitive yeah. and it is yeah. not necessarily mentally challenging yeah. mm. and there's a lot of hard things yeah. about it yeah. that me as someone who is oh, very intelligent you know, for a variety of personality reasons mm. yeah I just need something to keep yeah going and I found it a real struggle and I think I spent a lot of that time being probably quite yeah, depressed. Right. Wow. This is a revelation to me, Tam. And isn't it's interesting like we don't talk about this stuff no much, but we're so judgmental to different people. Not that I judged you, but I think like I had made this choice. Like yeah. I made we made this choice that mm. I would stay yeah. home with the kids and then I, I kind of felt, well, I have yeah. to make yeah. that choice because it's a choice that we made yeah. for the children and, you know. But honestly, I think it would have been better for my kids if I had have been working part-time. I think I would have been, a, a you know, a, a nicer mm. person you know, it's interesting. Time. Yeah, I got that from a friend, sorry, from England who's got three boys, same as you, and yeah. just coming back going, I think now it's time for me to start finding what my thing is mm. because I need my boys to see me other than their slave. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I thought was a really interesting yes. perspective. And even my friend um, responded to my blog saying there's one one error in it where you said that Bruce was a better parent than you. Mm. She goes, that's not true because your kids are seeing yeah. someone who goes after their passions and is um, strong and independent yeah, and a leader right. and whatever yeah. else. Um which was also, yeah, I realised that's actually a really helpful perspective too. Not that um, you can't have that being the stay-at-home, obviously. But just whatever choice you choose, you never love it 100% of the time and there's always the guilt factor and yeah. wondering if you're doing it right. Like for me, being part-time pretty much from five months of mat leave and then going back part-time, like yes, there's moments where you're like, this is awesome. And I'm glad I've got definitely glad I've got this outside space where I can just be and not have a little person attached to me the whole time. But then there's the the other side of things, which is so hard, like the morning rush, and you feel like you're rushing to get yourself and your child out the door. And then there's the Mm. handing your child over to someone else to look after like, there's all those aspects as well that are just difficult and so while you might love the fact that you've got something part-time that's in line with your passions or keeps your mind active or brings in income that you need um, or you want there's still I think downsides of that choice of every choice absolutely and that's that was my main interestingly my main reflection about having done it of what was good about it Mm. and the not having to none like not having to worry about the logistics of life mm. of just day-to-day life yes. that one person takes that on and they're not trying to juggle also a job and getting out the door by a certain time other than maybe if there yeah. is school or whatever yeah, yeah which is I the had whole wife drought premise is completely isn't the wife drought yeah it is the headspace that is taken up yeah. of just keeping people alive and keeping bills paid and not to feel guilty about not having thought about dinner. It was. It's just. It means I could actually do when I did come home, and this is what I've. 
I realize guys do. Sorry, this is such a generalization, but 96%. <laughs> they get to rock up and be yeah. probably tired and have all the responsibility, sure, but they get to come in and be fun with their kids yeah. and just engage with their kids and not have to have their kids watching TV so you can clean the bathroom. Yeah. And all the stupid little things that you do generally, buying the presents, do, like doing the running off of the photos for the grandparents or whatever, yeah. like it's all the little extra things as well that you try and squeeze into a day that's already packed. It, and it's interesting, like if you look at the faith factor as well, mm. um, I, I'd be interested to in what people really think about what I'm doing, mm. but I have only really found, like I, I spoke about, um, I got asked very last minute on Sunday at my church to to share from the front about what I'm doing mm-hmm. um, in my day-to-day life and then they kind of, yeah, speak into that and encourage and all of that. Um, and I only had, you know, really encouraging feedback about doing things differently mm. for us as a family but I think that might be the place we've chosen <laughs> to be at church and I, you know, I'm very aware, particularly being in Sydney, that that would be probably quite countercultural and probably not okay for a number of yeah I've definitely heard people in churches who have been uh can think of a particular scenario I don't want to go into details to name anyone but um where the wife in the partnership felt like um it was the man's main thing to be the bread winner and that she would somehow be going against the bible by being the main breadwinner and I think there's a lot of people in conservative Christian circles that feel like that feel that the woman should be at home um I remember hearing an awful comment when I was growing up that that's why women had hips was because they had the wives that are meant to look after the children but I guess you walk around with a child on your hips so men don't have hips so they can't pick up a child and I don't know hold a fry pan in the other hand I don't know but I think there is a lot and I think older generation as well perhaps I certainly um heard that from um some older people in a workplace I was at that um you know that that was their belief that the woman should be at home while the kids were young and that's where I found it it, one of the pivotal moments for us for me being okay with making this decision was a friend who's actually done a four-year degree in early childhood education mm. and just said actually the research shows that a that if kids know that there is a parent there who is their main go-to, that that is the best thing. Yep. And it actually doesn't say it has to be either yeah. male or female. Yep. That actually was enough for me to go, oh, okay. I like that thought. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, where it gets tricky then is perhaps for people that – can't both like can't have yes. one at home is is it just an mm. adult figure like does there need to be that one go-to person and what is the age like is mm. it the first six months that's really important the first three years I don't I don't think they have to be physically present I think what they're saying is as long as they're I suppose emotionally yeah. available yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right as well and I think it's worth just calling out that I think all three of us are in you know, a privileged position yeah. <laughs> even to just have a partner yeah. in in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And being well yeah. supported. Yeah. And having yeah. exactly having a community around mm. us and having enough as much as it feels like, you know, financially that can be a struggle at times, but compare <laughs> comparatively yeah. we are 
in such a privileged position to be able to pay rent and have food on the table. Um, so true. And have childcare. And have, having the choice to either yeah. work part-time or... Yeah, true. And I think yeah. probably the whole thing is also quite a Western world thing because I think, you know, so, it wouldn't be uncommon for people in certain parts of Asia to be working in the – okay, this sounds really – anyway, working in the rice paddy fields <laughs> with a child on their back, like, it, and it's not seen as a, a feminist choice or whatever. It's just life, no. you know. No. Yeah. It's right. It is about perspective, isn't it? Mm. I love it. So – You've started your blog on Lumi, but then it got picked up by Mamma Mia. Yeah. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Like, uh, And actually that was when it was helpful to just see some people's comments around, I've been doing this for 14 years. Yeah. And it works for our family. And it's just like, oh, I need to hear your voice. Yes. You know, you write a blog. Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn from you too. Yeah. And just you realise, you know, there is, that 4% does exist out there. And we just don't often hear it because it is a minority and and also probably because they're so bloody busy keeping on top of life. <laughs> like who has time to write and read about it? Let's be honest. Yeah, so true. <laughs> who has time to do oh, all that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would either of you guys ever consider doing the full-time thing? That's such an interesting question. Potentially. I think, I mean, I've been working four to five days a week lately anyway, kind of purely by accident. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, things just kind of creep up. Yeah. Well, no, it's not just your fault. All good. Um, but I am lucky in that I've got a husband who works flexible hours, who is quite happy to say, yes, you, um, you know, you go to work, I'll get the mm. kids to school that day and I'll pick them up. So I am pretty lucky in saying that, it, you know, so that turn ends up that we're both working Mm. kind of four to five days a yeah, week yeah and that's that hard to crazy. manage without a wife does he pick up the house stuff tam or is that still left to you yeah no he does um absolutely but i think i still have this feeling like um you know keeping on top of the school stuff is my my job and it's you know it's that's not that he's some of it's gifting isn't it ma- you know making me feel that way i don't know i feel like maybe wiring like my husband doesn't even keep a diary and that's not <laughs> going to change. So it's, it's just it's not in his wiring. So my, my hubby used to say things like, oh, well, you, you know, um, you do that parenting thing because mm. you're better at it. I kind of think, well, I don't feel like I'm better at it. I, do I it. just feel like I yeah. just have, have done it. And I think that's, that, that balance is changing as I've mm. been working more that, you know, you, you figure out, well, you know, it's not that you're good at things. It's not that mm. you're good at the vacuuming. It's just that that's yeah. what you do. I think probably it's a bit of a combination though, isn't it, of, you know, yes, maybe one person is the organised mm. one, although I don't feel like I'm <laughs> but, that But person. I am the organised one and Bruce is not and I've had to let go yep. because, quite frankly, Charlie mm. has never taken her library books back on the right day. <laughs> One time oh, on my Tuesday. Do you remember that it's Tuesday today? Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, honestly, she gets sent home sheets where you're meant to cut out the words, the sight words. <laughs> they have never been cut out. He gets her to read them once and then they just go in the bin. Yeah. Like, whereas I speak, speak to other mums occasionally when I do a drop-off or whatever, they're like, yeah, we've laminated them and Ooh. we're testing them in the bath, yeah. you know. They're just going through them day to day. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> 
I spoke to a teacher friend once and I said, um, I just, I cannot keep on top of it. I said, I've got three kids at school. I cannot, you know, they, they all do their reading, but I have not filled out their reading diaries in months. She's like, don't worry. No one does it. <laughs> That's what, yeah. I, you know, it's exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is that higher achiever. I don't know if it's in that wife drought book or not of, um, women nowadays, like being a yummy mummy. Oh, that show came out, but like being, um, a, a, like a, do it all, be a brilliant cook, be a brilliant mum, be super involved in your child's life. Have a theme birthday party, everything being perfect, have the decorated room, have the perfect outfits is much more of a thing now, whether it's social media or or a backlash against people that didn't have that when they were growing up, I don't know. But, um, yeah, there seems to be this real, they say, don't they, that mums now do spend more time with their children despite the fact that they're usually working more than what their mothers did, for example, but because the expectation's higher. But actually the statistics, I'm pretty sure, are that, yeah, people are doing more now with their kids than ever before. And so are dads. Mm. Like, honestly, I mean, Bruce is unusual, but there are also, I kid you not, a handful of dads that I see every time that are always doing the drop-offs and pickups. And many of them work as well, but I yeah. think you hit the nail on the head, Tam, when you talked about the flexibility that Roger has. Mm. Um, and that's certainly ha- the only reason I chose yeah. to do this full-time thing is because I could have the flexibility. Yeah. And Bruce has flexi- – you know, he's chosen to be a casual carpenter yeah. for the flexibility factor. And, th- I mean, again, yeah. that is a huge privilege, mm. don't get me wrong, to even have that as an option. But if you can, I think it's worth – yeah, it's worth earning a bit less or whatever needs to happen to just be able to pivot. It's a lot more conversations and yeah. constantly negotiating, but you, I don't know, yeah. I think it in many ways does take the stress out. Yeah. Because once they hit school, it's not easier. They have so many school holidays. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I took an annual leave day today just so that I didn't have to worry about where they were going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. true. I'm going to have to do that in a few weeks' time. What about you, Ish? Would you go full-time, Emma? Yeah, definitely. I think once um, Evie's at school, I would do full time. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know that how Jason would go being full time at home. He's a brilliant dad, but I can't imagine us doing that swap. I just, I don't know. I think I I can't see that working. (laughs) Um, But having said that, like he's absolutely brilliant and I think it works well for us juggling and I've always felt like as long as we are looking after our child more than someone else, then then I'm happy with that. And I think, um, you know, yeah, once she's in school, probably some kind of full-time work would be good. But then, yeah, it just depends. Being, you know, kind of having that, musician side of things I always want to be a bit part-time anyway so that I can do a bit from home and yeah Mm. yeah it's interesting but I remember like when I was in ministry stuff always like Jason would always look after Evie on Sundays he would always be with her in the toddler's room and and while there were more and more dads I'd still get comments all the time isn't it so wonderful I'm like yeah Uh, it's his child he knows how to look after his own kid he did the first nappy you know like I think people still kind of want to give dads yeah, a big clap absolutely. for looking after their own children, <laughs> which it is great, but, you know, come on. I, yeah, yeah, I hate when they say that they're babysitting. Yes. Or is it, yeah, is he babysitting? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, he's parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's still a bit that needs to change. I wonder as well how much your own family of origin influences 
what you're open and willing to do. Mm. What do you guys think about that? I was thinking about that today too because my mum didn't work at all. She had kids. She worked up until mm. the day she went into labour with me and that yep. was the last day she's, she's worked. You know, she's done some volunteer stuff and um, work a little bit at the school when I was at high school. Mm. Um, she did work. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, you know, yeah. in terms of she, she's never been the working mum or anything. So, and it was a bit different. She, you know, she didn't have a highly yeah. skilled job. Um, she was head of was head of the typing pool and yeah. that job was made completely redundant by the time she would have gone mm. back to work. Redundant, so it yeah, was, it was true. Really yeah. Different. It's nice right. when you've got a different. career that you can literally just step back into, which is what I did. I just literally went for a job and started mm. where I left off eight years yeah. before that. So that's very lucky. Yeah, which is so amazing, Tam, because they, they say that that's harder and harder to do, isn't it? Like if you spend more than a year or two out of the workforce, it's going to be hard to get back in. And I was really scared that it was going to be hard, but it was, yeah, I mean, I yeah, again, privileged. I was yeah. super lucky. Mm. But did you did you consciously know that you wanted to go back to work and be different to your mum, or did you find the pull towards being like her? Or like, was, what was the decision? I think um, I think generationally, for us, it's more of a necessity to go back to work. I think we, re- you know, we really struggled for those years yeah. that I didn't work on yeah. on one wage because things are a lot more expensive yeah. now. Yeah, I don't know how you did it. Yeah, that so things, is amazing. Things are different now. It's interesting. I was listening to um, a Shauna Nequist, I guess, like preach, teach or something. She's the daughter of Bill Hybels and she did this talk about her mum and the things that she learned from her mother and one of the big things that comes out is she said her mum felt that she had, and I guess her mum would be our mum's age, like maybe early 60s, had kind of... Um, stayed out of the workforce too long and I think also kind of equated it with passion, Mm. hadn't found her passion, her thing that made her Mm. come alive. And one of the big things that now having found that, which I think is in the social justice kind of field, you know, it says to her daughter and other young women, you know, make the changes that you need to, do the juggling that you need to, to let your passion rise and so that you're not kind of stuck. And I think that's really interesting for I get an older mm-hmm. woman, yeah. I guess, to say that, that she actually yeah. found the being at home so mm-hmm. sucking of life after a time um, that she would recommend to younger people, you know, essentially in some ways make your life more difficult to make sure that you are following your passion and you yeah. are, aren't dying on the inside. Which is also, again, a privilege, like if you could have a job that yeah. is also your passion. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> I actually find myself just circling back to the start of the conversation, Tam. Mm. You know, I find it really interesting that you've reflected mm. going, you wish you had gone back earlier. But what I saw in your time was that you did pursue such interesting Yes, I was jealous of your amazing. I, yeah, I feel jealous of that. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. wow, would I have started a blog if I didn't, have to actually that's another thing that I was reading in the wife drought last night was um that sometimes that time out of our you know regular everyday careers gives us a chance to reevaluate what we're doing Mm. and look do we really want to go back to our jobs or do we want to you know do another degree and do something completely different and she was saying that men are actually disadvantaged because they don't get to do that unless tragedy you know unless there's a tragedy and they lose their job 
you know, they don't get to reevaluate their lives in that kind of mm-hmm. severe way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's also, yeah, I think flowing on from that as well, I guess is more, um, what do they say, rather than having a midlife crisis, there's those quarter-life crises that mm. happen now. Um, for us, and I wonder if it's even less than quarter life these days. It might be. I don't know about you. But every like three to five years, yeah. or every week. Yes, exactly. But that, but that questioning, and I wonder. Yeah, I think maybe often because women aren't having to go. I need to bring in this amount of money, and if I change my job, it's a massive deal, and I can't go back to being mm. uh, inexperienced in an area. Right? Yeah. Because I've hit, you know, I'm in my thirties or forties, and I've got kids and a mortgage and all of that. Whereas women, if they're working part-time, as long as they can bring in the similar amount, yeah. they can actually try something new mm. and be different. And I wonder if there's, yeah, that flexibility. Also, we talk a lot more to each other <laughs> about things generally. Mm. I would, yeah, also want to throw in there just as something on the other side. Like I remember going into mat leave thinking, I'm going to be so creative and so productive. I'm going to try all these different mm-hmm. things. And I was just in a brain fog of, I'm lucky if I can make it through the day and like just yeah. breastfeed, pump, yeah. formula, sleep, eat, you know, like there was no creative processing going on. And so sometimes I wonder like if I had have taken time out for longer, if we could have been able to do that, which I don't think we could have afforded it anyway, but you know, whether that would have given more time. But yeah, I think that even to me can feel like a pressure thing. Like you're on maternity leave, yeah. now's your chance to reassess your life and do something awesome and build a multi-million dollar (laughs) business from your lounge room (laughs) yeah there's yeah pressure on every level yeah how do you guys then how do you make your decisions and how often are you checking in on those decisions with you and your partner I think I would say like I think you're continually talking and reevaluating. Like a few months ago, you know, we literally sat down and did a list of mm. who does what around here to keep this house going. And, you know, is it tipping too much in one person's, you know, is one person doing too much and does that need to change and who needs to take on this task? And I think, like, for us, those conversations are pretty regular. And then I guess then there's the big ones at the end of the year where you're looking at the year ahead going, okay you know, does this need to change? Is this working for you? What What's work going to look like for you? Yeah. Mm. I feel like probably our decisions yeah, are triggered by, um, I guess, like job offers and things. You know, if things are, are looking like they're going to change, then, then yeah. that's a chance for re-evaluation. And um, otherwise I feel like, mm. you know, maybe every few months we just have a complete breakdown. <laughs> Where you go, where one person just goes, <laughs> what the hell? The, the washing hasn't been done in four weeks, you know? <laughs> and then we go over so and move Love it. Yeah, there was, um, there was actually, yeah, I saw recently some, I don't remember if it was research or just I think it was more an opinion piece about it's better to give, to split up the domains of areas because of the headspace thing. So, you take on all of the kitchen and all of the shopping and the keeping the kitchen yeah. clean yeah. and the dinner making yeah. and then you take on the yeah. cleaning and that includes washing clothes and and so you are completely responsible. The other person doesn't have to give that a yeah. thought and then it's a clear division of labour yeah. that I think has some merit. 
Well, let's finish up there. We're we just time? about out of time. Um, if you're interested in any of the resources that we mentioned today, you can catch up with those on our website, faithdisruptor.com, um, or you can join in the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. And also subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review or a, you know, a five-star rating um, because that really helps us to continue our conversations with you. And we'll see you next time for another chat. Ta-da! Ta-da!